Welcome to the Fulfilled After 50 podcast. We are your hosts, Alice and Carol. Join us each week for your fun dose of inspiration and healthy tips you can use every day so you can live the healthy and fulfilled life you desire and deserve. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Fulfilled After 50. I am your co-host, Alice. And I am Carol. And we are super excited to have someone awesome on our show. She's actually one of our favorite colleagues yes, and a dear friend and someone we don't get to see often enough. So we're going to have to just deal with just getting to see her at least for this podcast. So we want to welcome today, Denise Hughes. Yay. So happy to have you on Denise to teach all of our just our women over 50 and over how to manage their money really and their finances. And if they haven't plan for retirement, how for them to know it's not too late. Yeah, and what to do. Because so, Denise runs a, we're going to let her tell you her story, but she has a group called Women Talking Finances. And as you know, in this season of our life, finances is a big part of it. So yeah. we focus on that. And uh, we're going to let Denise tell a little bit of her story, and then we'll go from there. Thank you. Well, first of all, just thank you both so much for the invite and virtual hugs here to your community and to the two of you. And um, I am like so glad to be here. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Um, So yes, I'm, stories are great because we all have a lot of stories around money, right? Like each of us, good ones, bad ones, ugly ones. Um, And um, so I'm gonna start with my money story. And um, I'll keep it, you know, fairly short. Uh, But um, let's see, it was like back in the early 90s. And um, my husband and I were about mm, eight years into our marriage. Mm -hmm. And we got along great in every aspect of our lives, except around money. And pretty much for eight years, Um, We had the same argument, (laughs) just on different days um, of the week. And, um, uh, you know, sometimes there's just humor in things. I was finishing my master's in counseling psychology, and he was finishing his his MBA in finance. (laughs) And we, we just couldn't come together on this money piece. And, um... And, you know, and the sobering part, right, was that we almost got divorced over this one issue because we couldn't talk about it. And I, and um, we had gotten some help and, you know, maybe it was like two or three sessions in and I, I just had like a, it was just a profound experience. I was like, oh my goodness, you know what? this isn't hard. This isn't such a big deal. If we can just know why, Mm -hmm. I think knowing the why is really important that we, we come to this relationship with money um, and why it's so hard for us. And in that journey and in the unfolding of that, we both we in our heads knew that we came from very different um, family systems. Uh, We both grew up in rural dairy farm areas. 
I grew up on a dairy farm and he was, you know, he lived on in Wisconsin um, on, near farms. And so you think like sometimes the Midwestern or, you know, those farm values kind of absorb them in. But we, we had very different ways of dealing with money from our upbringing. Um, my family saved money and they lived on a cash basis. My dad thought credit cards were the ruination of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, right. <clears throat> yeah. And, uh, and, you know, my family did without that they would, you know, you had to uh, make priorities make decisions on what was most important. Um, And he came from a family that really didn't value saving, they valued spending. And so we were kind of a little bit like oil and water, rather than peanut butter and jelly, you know, (laughs) (laughs) when it comes to uh, money. And, um, but once we kind of got like, oh, you know what? this was your modeling, this was my modeling, and we came together, and this is why we have volcanic eruptions and sparks, and this is why we're not getting it together, is because we are repeating, we're each repeating patterns that we learned um, that we haven't consciously chosen for ourselves, and that we haven't consciously chosen for our own relationship. Mm -hmm. And once we kind of got that, right, like a, 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 a mental model to kind of hold, we also learned some practical skills like managing cash flow and how to have conversations around money. And, um, you know, sometimes I'm an overanalyzer and like to process things to death. And my husband is like, he's like the egg timer. We're having a meeting for 15 minutes. And if what doesn't get said has to wait until the next meeting where we have an egg timer for 15 (laughs) minutes, right? Just very, very different. And, um, and so we came, excuse me, we came to saving money and learning about money in our late 30s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I mean, that's not like super late, but if you learn about it in your 20s, um, you're better off. <laughs> right, right. You'll probably suffer less, have, right. less, have less pain in your life. Um, yes, right. You know, but, you know, um, we did a lot of crazy things. At the time, we both worked um, at Stanford University. We had really plush retirement accounts. And we just like cashed all that out and went traveling and grew more debt. And so we were just in a a messy place. So it really took us a period of time to recover and get on solid ground um, with our money. And in that process, um, through, you know, after our counseling, I started my own counseling practice in stress management And then um, our counselor had said to me, you know, why don't you just, why don't you do coaching in in the arena of money? Um, She said, you've been through it. I think you'd be really great at it. And so, you know, I kind of took that in and I thought, you know, this could really be fun. And so since um, I've been in, you know, doing this now for about 20 years and I've done it with the heart 
of that if I could just help one other couple, yeah. that it, it's worth it. Because all of those divorce statistics that are out there of, you know, money causes all these divorces and, you know, um, all this angst in relationships and marriage. And, you know, I think one of my main messages today to your community is it doesn't have to be that way. And it actually isn't money to blame or it's not, it's not money that causes this disruption. It's our inability or our lack of education on how to have a conversation with our partner around this topic that can have, you know, honestly, some tension around it and some heat. And um, a lot of it is our inability to manage money because we usually don't learn this in a family system. We don't learn it in our advanced education right. college, right? And so we come to marriage um, and we're put together and we just kind of fly by the seat of our pants sometimes when it comes to, to how does money work in a relationship. And oftentimes times we repeat patterns that we have witnessed or observed or experienced. And so, you know, sometimes those are great and amen to that. And sometimes they're not. Right. And, um, you know, and so now in our life, um, you know, we've gone through a lot of life of illnesses and job transitions and, and one of the things that I feel is the biggest blessing and that I am like so thankful for is that we have learned the skills to talk about money and to find solutions and to make things work regardless of what is happening in life. And I think that's really important, an important thing to embrace and to know is that while money is great and, and it's out there, and it can offer us an outward sense of security, right? right. And safety. Um, our true security and safety rests within ourselves. And it really rests within our ability to um, work in this world with all the different forms and energies of abundance, love and money and career and soul work and kids and family and all of that. So. Um, that's kind of my money story, you know, in a nutshell. And, and I will say, you know, um, while I'm better, right, at working with on the canvas of money in my own life and having clients that I coach, um, I'm not perfect. I still, um, I'm always working on my stuff. Sure. Yeah. You know? Well, I love that you say, for one, that, you know, if we continuously chase after the money, and if we're looking for money to fulfill our lives, and then you get to that, you will never be fulfilled because you'll keep chasing the next thing because that's not what creates the fulfillment inside of us. It's like we already have that fulfillment in us. And I think that's where we, you know, dive deeper into us learning what creates that happiness and what creates that fulfillment. And ultimately, it, it's not about the money, but money does provide two things for us. It does um, 
it helps alleviate that tension between couples for sure. Mm -hmm. But if we do not create the abundance in our lives either, then it's hard for us to go out and help others and fulfill the purpose that we are designed to be here on this earth. Yes. Like, I mean, so Alice, like that's a mouthful that you just said, right? I mean, that's like a huge mouthful of like gems coming out. Um, and, and yes, you're right. You know, so whether it's like um, women entrepreneurs or women in, in doing working for at a job and asking for what they need, we cannot fulfill our divine purpose unless we are ready to receive fully all the forms of abundance that we are blessed with in our lives. Right. Because I think a lot of times we do have money blocks that come up for us, especially, you know, when we haven't really grown up with it and stuff. I know that for me, you know, growing up, my, my family was really big penny pinchers. Like I got all my prom dresses from the thrift stores or garage sales, you know, never, ever had I ever experienced getting a drink out of a drink machine, whatever, you know, like my big night out was kids eat free at Burger King, you know? Okay. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and to that end, I, I also just want to say that, you know, even though like many of us, many women, I, I turned 61 this year and, um, I think most of us from our generation grew up with parents from the depression era and the, their ways of being have influenced us either in sameness or, or um, total differences. Right. You know, but it's, it always, it's really not sometimes how much money you spend on a thing. It's how much joy the thing brings you, whether you're at Burger King having your fun with your friends or whether you're, at a really lovely restaurant. And um, I mean, it's the experience that we, that we are ready to receive and to take from that. Yes. It really creates the joy in our heart yes. and, our, and our soul. It's not the amount of money that we spend that creates the experience. Right. So when you were coaching your clients, because you've been coaching me. for 20 years, right? Long time. Yeah. So... Is it mainly, do you find like it's mainly like money blocks, like you're really having to clear out or are you actually having to, to create systems for them to get their finances in order? It's and, and, and how to start that conversation. Cause I think so many people do, they ignore the conversation. I mean, it's easy when things are great and you have a plethora of money and then when it gets harder, it's like, instead of having an open conversation, you end up having this, you know, friction and arguing. Well, right. And um, Alice, I'm going to get back to your question, but Carol, I think that you bring up a good point of, um, you know, like around timing or, or what have you, like when is, when is it good to do money in your life? Um, and the thing is, you know, with women, sometimes if we are partnered, we, we give that job to our partners and we kind of say, let me, just let me know if any, how, how it's going. Right. But I think in a woman's life, especially at 50 and older, that we go through transitions 
um, hormonal transitions, energetic transitions. Um, you know, we're, we're looking at the amount of time we have left, right? We, um, and, and so coming to this relationship with money, I think that the earlier a woman can come to it in, in her relationship younger, the, the better it is. The, more, the longer that she has to be with the relationship to hone it and befriend it and fine tune it. And um, Alice, I have a little bit of a menopausal memory, so you're going to have to repeat your question. So the question really was, with your 20 years of coaching, oh, yes, yeah, do you have to yeah. clear the, the money block mindset? Yes. Like yeah. they are worthy and they, yes. you know, they are worthy to have money come into their life. Or is it a system that you need to really put in place for them? Yeah, so it truly usually is both. I will say that for women, women tend to have more fear around money than men do in general. And a lot of times women don't want to look at it. Right. They're afraid that if they look at it, they can't have what they want. And women also have a lot of blocks around um, things like, I'm stupid, I'm not good at math, this is just way too hard, can't somebody do, please, please, please do this for me, why do I have to like, you know, look at this stuff? Um, I think women have, suffer from a lot of fear and a lack of confidence and in their ability. and. Um, and so part of the work is that, first of all, when we're in a place of fear, that has to really, we have to speak into that first because nobody can um, listen to, um, you know, the introduction of a money system if they're in a place of fear. It's just like, you know, a Teflon coating thing kind of happens, right? You know, it's like, huh? Um, so the first part of our work is just real, my work is just really going into what is, what it, what is the story that each of us holds around money in our lives? And, you know, some of those stories are great, some aren't, some conflict with one another. Um, a lot of times women don't feel deserving of, or they feel guilty if they have more than others. And, um, so you know, a lot of times it kind of boils down to, I'm not enough, I, or I, I don't deserve mm -hmm. women. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, um, you know, and I think that in looking at the stories that we hold gives us the ability to then look at the patterns of behavior that we do in our current everyday life that keep that a story alive. To keep, you know, it, it keeps us promoting the legacy that we've been given. Right. Now, sometimes that can be great and sometimes not so much, right? right? And, and so, um, you know, befriending our story with truth is, I think, really important, like owning it. And by owning it, we can, we can kind of sometimes laugh at it. We can kind of hug it and say, Oh, sweetheart, you know what? You just, you served me so well at one time in my life. 
and, and, you know, and we're done. We're, we're going to put this story on the back burner and we're going to kind of create a new one of our own. Uh, and I think the journey and the adventure is going to be a lot more fun for you. So come along on the ride. Right. Right. You know, and, and, and so there is this, I think there's a, this psychological piece that we need to explore. And um, as we go into our, this relationship with money, I think it's really important that we put blame and judgment and shame. Um, we just like release that out the door. And instead that we bring in the qualities of curiosity and understanding and um, compassion and kindness to, to ourselves when we begin to explore what our stories are. Right. Right. I love right. that. I yes. Yeah. You know, so and, if, um, like a, a 50 year old woman comes to you and says, it's, it's just too late for me. I'm just too far in. There is no way I'll ever get out of this mess. Is there one tip that you can give them, Denise, from where they can start right now today to move them just a little bit forward? Yeah, I think, um, you know that, uh, so when someone says it's too late, to me, uh, that signifies fear, right? It, I mean, it's a statement of underlying it. Probably it could be fear. Maybe it's some other things, but um, it and so like it's not too late. As long as we're not in a coffin, it's not too late. All right. <laughs> right. <laughs> for anything. Right. For, for anything. Yeah. For you know, for a relationship, for sex, whatever you want. Yeah. For anything. Right. right. As long as we're not in a coffin, it's not too late. Right. And I think to, for us, you know, and I'm going to just push a little bit here, but um, for us to like tell ourselves it's too late, um, that to me is uh, talk or language that isn't really loving. You know, um, it's not too late. Like starting on whatever we want to start on today will bear fruits for tomorrow. And I think that we have to remember that, yeah. right? And I also think, you know, there's a spiritual aspect to money that we have to remember as well, which is that um, money is a blessing from God. Money is, a money is one of the forms of abundance that we are given on this earth, that we have the responsibility to be a steward of, mm -hmm. right? Yes. And just because, you know, we may not be the, a good steward of it in current day time, doesn't mean that we can't learn how to be a steward and that we can't learn how to um, be in relationship with this medium of money. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And, um, yeah, and, you know, like one of the things I tell women a lot just – it just helps, I think, to soften their hearts and also to soften their approach with money is, is this. If you can look at money as a relationship, and women are really, really good at relationships. I think we're masters, 
right? We keep all the relationships going in our lives, right? Right, right. if we can look at what qualities do we bring to our best friendships? Like, what are those qualities for the two of you? Well, honesty. I think, uh, honesty. honesty. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say trust. Yeah, we trust each other. Right. Mm-hmm. Caring, genuine caring. caring. Mm-hmm. Um, time, you probably, time. you know, spend time. Respond. Fun. 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 Mm-hmm. Right. And respect, yes, that's a great one too, yes. Right. Understanding. Understanding. So if we can just take all of the qualities, if women can, that they bring to their best female relationships, and they can apply that to their relationship with money. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that's a little abstract, but part of the work is, well, what does what are behaviors of respect that I can bring to my money life? Mm-hmm. What are behaviors of honesty that I can bring? What right. are the right? What are behaviors of time and um, truth and trust? How how will I create that in this relationship? Right, right, mm-hmm. right. That is so awesome. All of that just right, and. I know you work a lot with women, but obviously if they have a significant other in their life, there is, you know, uh, somehow you both need to get on the same page and you need to work through some of any disagreements that you have about money, especially because it seems like a lot of times, sometimes opposites attract. So what you've experienced with your husband, I suspect maybe, I mean, I know it's, we're, we're, my husband and I are a little bit different and I, I handle all the finances for all of our for business and for home, um, and yet, uh, yet we've had to learn to have open conversations. So, if you have a female who perhaps their or their spouse or significant other isn't necessarily on board with, let's address this. We can't just continue to ignore it, or we can't. Whatever is going on in the situation, um, what do you have recommendations that typically help in terms of opening up that conversation, moving past that? Uh, the disagreement or the denial that people experience as a couple? Sure. Um, Because, you know, to your point, when I see a couple for the first time and even the second time, um, it's kind of like when it comes to money, there's two different stories. Like one of them is saying um, there isn't enough and we're like, you know, we're on the verge of bankruptcy. I'm just like making this up, you know? And the other one is like, oh my gosh, we have so much money. We don't even have to worry about anything. Like what is wrong with your head? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right? And, um, And so for me, other people may have a different approach, but for me, one of the things, um, that I say to them is look, let's, because we don't know where the truth is. We don't know if it's in between or like if one of you is really, you know, we don't know what reality is, right? And, um, and this organ here in the brain, that brain that's in the head, um, right. it hardly is ever based in reality. It either amplifies or minimizes everything, <laughs> depending right. on your dominant style. True. So um, another kind of, shift that I do to get us out of this 
argument and to see what's really real and honest is I start couples on a spreadsheet. And um, the, the concept that I share with them is, look, because we don't know what reality is, we are going to move from this area of vagueness, because who knows what's going on, to this space of clarity. Yes. And numbers don't lie. Right. We're not here to judge the numbers. We're only actually here to look at the flow, the inflow, the outflow, and um, are the dollars you're spending nourishing your deepest values? If they aren't, you get to decide that, not me, right? right. You know, but once we start looking at inflow and outflow, um, there are lots of, you know, wide eye, um, you know, ahas and um, and then that is a, the spreadsheet is a tr is a tool. Um, I look at it like as a money sandbox mm -hmm. where couples can come and play with numbers to look at possibilities, but where they can also come and look at inflow and outflow and strategize because, of course, for life to work, we do need more inflow than outflow. Right. 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 And um, and sometimes we don't know that we're stepping on the garden hose, making it blocked off, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. So um, you know, so I so instead of like even putting for me, I don't put a lot of energy into what couples say. Um, I, I respect that. I don't mean that as a disrespect, you know. But I but what is really important is let's just see what's real. Let's get out of the interpretation. Mm -hmm. And then go and, um, and and then, like talk on this forever, but I know we've already hit our like 30 oh, minute mark. Okay. But um, okay. this is such an interesting conversation. I just want to have you back on first. Um, so yeah, we need to have part two. We uh, need to have part two. Uh, yeah, so because maybe... it's a big thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And, and like you said, even for young couples just getting together, like, you know, my daughter is married to uh, her husband's in med school, yeah. and um, the debt is just crazy what they come out with. Yeah. So you got a fresh married couple here, and then they're accruing hundreds of yeah. thousands in debt the day he walks across that stage. <laughs> and, you know, so how do you continue to have this wonderful life together and then you've got this cloud hanging over you, right? Yeah. And we had that when we got married for sure. Yeah. Two so yeah, we would love to have you back on because you are a much needed coach, financial mm -hmm. coach. So mm -hmm. how can people find you, Denise? Well, they can go to my website, and it's my name, denisehughes.org, and my, all of my contact information is there, my cell phone, my email, and um, I have a book that they can, you know, like people can reach me in different ways. I have a book called Earn, Save, Spend, Give, Four Things to Do with Your Money and How to Make It All Work, and I also have a community of women um, they're, they're called WTFers. It's my a little irreverence in life, that rebel part of me, but um, it's not what you think it is. It's women talking finances. I love it. Right. And um, we talk money every day in fun ways. And um, 
And then, you know, I have one-on-one coaching as well, but people can really find me on my website and see, right. They can explore that. Yeah. Right. DeniseHughes.com. Is that what it is? Org. DeniseHughes.org. Thank you. Okay. DeniseHughes.org. Well, fantastic. Thank you again for coming on. We'll have you on again for part two, everybody. Because we barely peeled the onion on Denise Hughes because she has lots of different talents within. And um, I feel honored and blessed to know her and call her a friend and colleague. Exactly. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in for this part of finance and you know how to help so we look forward to seeing you next week on a new episode of that's right after 50 and if you haven't subscribed yet to this podcast make sure you do it now and if you haven't joined our private facebook group it is fulfilled after 550 in facebook it's a free group for women 50 or older and we actually talk wealth sometimes on wealth wednesday if we're not doing weight loss wednesday that's right something good's coming to you every single day in that private group so make sure that you join us there so denise thanks again yes appreciate you you. appreciate all you do for everyone all right thank you so much all right thank you all blessings thanks Bye. bye bye